God, I pray today that they will receive courage today. They will receive encouragement today. They will, inc- they will uh, receive instruction today that will help them today, Lord, to survive the storm. Let your anointing break any yoke of hindrance or bondage today. Give us the strength through your anointing to minister today effectively, we ask. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and all of God's people said, praise the Lord. You may be reseated this morning. Oh, how I wish that I could tell you that a storm will never arise in your life. That all those storms are common to everyone else's life. You will somehow magically be spared the storm. You and only you will enjoy sailing through your entire life on calm, smooth, tranquil water. Oh, I'd love to be able to tell you today, just kick back and relax and enjoy the ride. Nothing but smooth sailing ahead for you. Sorry, I can't make that promise. The truth of the matter is storms arise in every life. Now, there are different types. There are uh, different kinds of storms. Your storm may differ from my storm, and my storm may differ from somebody else's storm, but, but, but every single one of us will encounter some kind of storm in our life. Now, the degree and severity of the storm may vary, but the truth is storms are inevitable. 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse number 9 says, Be strong in your faith. Don't forget that your Christian brothers and sisters all over the world are going through the very same sufferings that you are. I don't know what your particular storm is today. It might be an ongoing sickness or disease. It might be a financial storm. It could be a stormy marriage. It could be a storm at work that you are going through today. It could be physical. It could be emotional. It could be mental. It could be spiritual. It could just be an irritating little thunderstorm with a, with a, with a bunch of noisy thunder and scary lightning. Or, or it might be a full-blown hurricane. But here's what I do know this morning, and that is the word of the Lord for somebody here today is you can survive the storm. Whether it be a storm in your marriage, whether it be a storm in your business, whether it be a spiritual attack, the word of the Lord for somebody here today is you can survive the storm. I want to take a few moments this morning and mention five things about storms. Five things about storms, and then I'm going to give you four things to do that will help you survive the storm. Let's talk, first of all, about five things that we know about storms. Let me suggest, first of all, they, they raise up unexpectedly. Raise up unexpectedly. Unexpectedly. Back to our scripture for today, verse 13 and 14. When a a light wind began blowing from the south, the the sailors thought they could make it. So they pulled up anchor and they set sail. Notice what it says next. But the weather changed abruptly. 
and a wind of typhoon strength caught the ship and blew it out to sea. Before setting sail, the captain of the ship and and some of his crew surveyed the situation and they determined that, that this would be a good day to sail. This would be a good day to get on the water. In fact, there's a nice light breeze that is blowing today that will help us make good time. Ah, it's a good day for sailing. It's a good day for traveling on the water. But the Bible says that the weather changed abruptly. That's the nature of storms. That's the nature of storms. Oh, oh they raise up unexpectedly. Oh, oh, they arrive unannounced, and all too often they catch us unprepared. One day the oil prices are $100 a barrel. The next day it drops to half. One day the stock market is at an all-time high. You wake up one morning and it has crashed. One day you have excellent health. Oh, your blood pressure is perfect. Oh, your cholesterol level is low. Oh, you think I'm sailing through life very smoothly. And then all of a sudden, seemingly out of nowhere, a pain in your chest. Or or you discover a lump or a mysterious bump. You think that. You're enjoying smooth sailing at home. And and then, seemingly out of nowhere, you didn't see it coming out. The storm arises. Here's what we know about storms. They raise up unexpectedly. Number two, they ravage our lives. Verse 18, we were exceedingly tempest-tossed. Verse 20, neither sun nor stars appeared for many days, and no small tempest beat upon us. Maybe this is exactly the way that you feel this morning. Oh, oh, you haven't seen the sun shining in your life for a long, long day, a long, long time. You can't remember the last day that, oh, that the sun was shining in your life. Oh, Oh, the waves of adversity seem to be beating on you day after day after day after day. And it doesn't seem to be any relief in sight. And it's taking its toll on you in every area of your life. Storms have a way of ravaging our lives. And the third thing that we need to understand about storms is, and that is they require much of us. See, just the everyday struggles of life, oh, just the daily grind, just the common everyday problems that we have to deal with on a daily basis, oh, that and that by itself and alone is enough to drain us, uh, drain us. And, now, and now a storm? A full-blown storm? Really? Really? Look at verse 27 again. Verse 27 through 29. Now when the 14th watch, now when the 14th night had come and as we were driven up and down in the Adriatic Sea about midnight the sailors sensed that they were drawing near some land. And they took soundings and found it to be 20 fathoms and when they had gone a little farther 
They took soundings again and found it to be 15 fathoms. Then fearing lest we should run aground on the rocks, they dropped four anchors from the stern and prayed for day to come. The sailors are are doing everything in their power to figure out a strategy. Oh, how in the world are we going to survive? How in the world are we going to ride out this storm? What are we going to do? What should we do? Oh, should we drop anchor? Oh, oh, should we keep sailing? Oh, should we get in lifeboats? What should we do? Storms definitely require much of us, don't they? Oh, much energy and much patience and much determination and much faith. Oh, let me tell you this morning that if you are in the middle of a storm today, let me challenge you this morning. Let me encourage you today. Keep doing everything that you know to do. Keep praying. By all means, keep praying. And keep believing. And keep rowing. Notice the fourth thing that we know about storms, and that is they reveal our true character. Storms reveal our true character. Verse number 30, the sailors were seeking to escape from the ship. When they had let down the skiff or the lifeboat into the sea under pretense, notice, under pretense of putting out anchors from the prow. Some of these sailors, no doubt, had a secret meeting and and decided that their only chance of survival was if they got together and jumped ship. They would pretend to be dropping anchor, but but they would actually be lowering a lifeboat into the water for themselves to get into. Forget everybody else. Oh, let's save ourselves. Let's get together and devise a plan. Let's make a way. Oh, there's only so many lifeboats. Oh, there's only so many of us that have the skill. Let's, let's, Let's come together and let's figure out a way that we can save our life. I don't think I'd want to take a carnival cruise with a crew with character or the lack of character that some of these sailors had. Here's what we know about the storms of life. They reveal our true character. You've seen it, haven't you? Those people who who seem to be so spiritual... Uh, those people who seem to be so godly, those people who seem to be such awesome, incredible, dedicated saints, until until the storm comes. And when the storm comes, they start wavering in their faith. When the storm comes, the doubts come. When the storm comes, they begin to speak words of bitterness and begin to speak words of anger and begin to speak words of skepticism. Let me challenge you in this area. Be very, very, very careful how you act and how you react. When the storm rears its ugly head in your life. Because people are watching you. People are watching. And they are watching to see if you are all talk. 
or if you truly believe what you confess during the good times. You see, sinners aren't impressed when we talk a good talk, where the sun is shining in our lives and the blessing of God is oozing from our life, they're not impressed. They tend to be impressed when we still have a song and we still have a positive attitude and we still have good things to say about our God when hell has conjured up a hurricane to blow against our life. Now hear me this morning, please, hear everything that I'm saying today. I'm not, I'm not saying that you won't have feelings of doubt when the storms of adversity blow. I'm not saying you will not have questions and that you will never question your faith. And I will, I, I'm not telling you that there will not be a host of other emotions oh, that will arise in your life that you'll have to battle against and fight against. They will come oh, when we're going through the storm. Here's what I'm saying this morning. I'm saying be very, very careful how you respond to these emotions and to whom you vent to. See, it's all right to have questions. Some of the greatest men of God that ever lived that is recorded in this book had plenty of questions. We all have questions from time to time. Okay, to have questions. It's okay to have doubts. You say, Pastor, I don't have any doubts. I doubt it. (laughs) We all have them from time to time. Here's what I'm saying this morning. Find you a secure, find yourself a mature, find yourself a dedicated, oh, seasoned saint of God to vent to. Hey, come see me. I'll let you vent, and I won't judge you for it. I said, come and see me, and you can say anything you want. And, oh, you can just, man, I mean, you can just let it all hang out. Amen. And just whatever, get it off your chest and vent and say anything and everything you want. Amen. And question all you want and vent all you want, and I won't hold it against you. Hey, vent to God. He's a big boy. He can take it. Hey, read his word. Oh, he's accustomed. He's accustomed to hearing his people whine. His favorite people were the biggest whiners there ever was. Amen? He's he's, he's used to it. He's... He's he's accustomed to hearing his people whine and question him and vent their true feelings. David sure did. Man after God's own heart, but he did his share of whining and pouting, questioning. Job did. I'm not throwing stones. I'm just saying the prophets did. Just don't do it around sinners. Just don't do it around immature and baby saints. And by all means, don't do it around your kids. 
Parents absolutely amaze me sometimes. They speak words of doubt. They speak words of unbelief around their kids. Oh, they allow bitterness to spew out of them around their kids. Oh, they talk smack about the leadership of the church. And then they wonder why their kids grow up and want no part of their God or their church. One of the things that I appreciate about my parents as pastors when I was growing up, they never talked about the people of the church. And some of the people in the church is my dad pastor that I thought were the godliest, most saintly people were devils. Vicious against my father. I never knew it till later when I was grown and I would say something as a pastor. I'd say, you know, you know, the Smiths, you know, in the church in, you know, Timbuktu, you know, weren't they wonderful? My dad said, "Mm mm-hmm. Yeah, they sure were. (laughs) Go figure. And the same is sometimes true with Christian spouses that are married to unsaved spouses. Let me just give you a little word of wisdom here this morning. If if, If you're a Christian spouse and you're married to an unsaved spouse, if there's something going on at church that you know shouldn't be don't talk about it at home there's something about your pastor or some of the leadership of the church that you know you don't really care for don't don't vent that to your unsaved husband amen how in the world do you think your unsaved husband's going to come to christ if all they ever hear is you bicker and criticize and ridicule and talk down about your church and about the leadership of your church That's such good wisdom right there. We ought to take another offering. Amen. (laughs) Storms reveal our true character. I've said this before, but, but I have been utterly amazed the past two or three years to watch several people in our church encounter the most severe storm of their life. I've watched as wave after wave after wave of adversity has crashed against their life. Oh, but I've watched as their faith all remained strong. Oh, their attitude remained positive. Oh, the light of God's love continued to shine brightly through them. I've even heard, oh, at least one of them make a remark like, I, I, I heard this with my own lips. I wouldn't change a thing in my life, even if I could, because God has never been more faithful to me, this person said. Oh, this person said, I have never felt the presence of, the God, of God any stronger than I have since I've been walking through this situation. And even though this individual is going through a very difficult and trying time in their life they said i would not trade it for the world because of the presence of god that has been revealed to me during this time now i'm not naive enough to believe not just talking about this one individual but everyone going through things lately but i'm i'm not naive enough to believe they never had a doubt 
Not naive enough to believe they never had a bad day. Not naive enough to think they never had a meltdown. Because they wouldn't be human if this were so. But I will tell you that I have 100 times more respect for them. I have 100 times more admiration for them now than I did before the storm hit their lives. Oh, oh because, because they have walked the walk and not simply talked the talk. Storms reveal our true character, and I give them an A+. Plus. The fifth thing that we know about storms is, and that is they, re- they reinforce what's most important to us. They reinforce what's most important to us. Verse 18 through 19. It says, because we were exceedingly tempest-tossed, we lightened the ship. And on the third day, we threw the ship's tackle overboard. And verse 38 says, and we threw the wheat, our food. We threw the wheat into the sea to make the ship lighter. Storms reinforce what's most important to our life. And the things that we thought were so important, all oh, oh, the things we held on so tightly to, all oh, oh, the things that we thought we just cannot live without, oh, oh, then suddenly, suddenly they lose their value and become meaningless to us in the height of the storm. It's interesting to me that a man will wreck his health in order to make more money and buy more things. Then he's willing to spend his last dollar to try and buy back his health. It's interesting to me that a man will resist God. He will resist God, and he will resist God's plan for his life, and he will resist with every ounce of oh, strength that he has. Oh, oh, and then he will flip-flop, and he will promise God the moon if God will only spare his dying child. Now, storms reinforce what's most important in our life. It's too bad that we wait for the storms to come before we are willing to realize what is truly important. For most people, it takes a storm before they realize that their lives are overloaded with non-essential stuff. To realize that they are carrying too much non-essential cargo. This extra stuff in their lives are weighing them down. Oh, too many activities keeping them from the activities that really matter. Too much stuff. Oh, that must be paid for and then maintained. Too many positions uh, that require too many meetings. Maybe God allows and maybe even God sends storms into our lives from time to time so that we will lighten our ship and throw overboard some non-essentials. Even some things that are good things, but although they are good things, are they the right things? 
storms reinforce what's most important to us. All right, we've talked about five things about the storm. Now let me give you four things that that will help you survive your storm. I'm going to give them to you very quickly this morning. I believe that if you're going to survive your storm today, I believe you're going to have to, number one, get a word from the Lord. Verse 22 through 24. Paul says, And now I urge you to take heart, for there will be no loss of life among you, but only of the ship. For there stood by me this night an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve. And he said, do not be afraid, Paul. You must be brought before Caesar. And indeed, God has granted you all those who sail with you. If you survive your storm, you're going to need a word from the Lord. And, and, and hear me this morning. I'm not suggesting that you go out in search of a personal prophecy where somebody speaks over you, Shondai, Shondai, Shondai. The Lord would say unto thee, Thou will be blessed and highly favored. It's not what I'm talking about. When you're going through your storm, your prayer life should be at an all-time high. Because you need a word of encouragement from the Lord. Oh, you need the assurance of the Lord that he is with you. The assurance of the Lord that he is helping you. And he is enabling you to go through the storm. And so your prayer life ought to be on the top shelf when you're going through the storm. And you should be reading God's word. You're going through the storm. You ought to be reading the word of God like you've never read the word of God before. Because more than likely, he will speak to you through his word. And you need to be coming to church. People amaze me. I mean, people are absolutely amazed. You would think after 43 years, I wouldn't be, but they amaze me. Man, just wanted to call you, tell you, sure been missing your church last couple of weeks. Well, Pastor, I'm really going through it. I want to say, that's right, I'm really going through it, man. I'm really against it. Oh, up against it, man. I've got all these things oh, coming at me right now. I've been really down lately. Well, what are you doing staying home? We don't just come to church to dance and shout about we're going through the storm, when we're going through the difficulties of life, we need our brothers and our sisters more. Amen. We need the house of the Lord. We need to be in the presence of God. We need to be in anointed worship. And we need to hear the word from the man of God. Not hiding at home, having a pity party. I don't mean that to be unsympathetic. I'm just saying, come on. You're going to survive the storm. You're not going to survive it sucking your thumb in the corner of your bedroom. You need to be coming to the house of God. Maybe God will use something in the pastor's sermon to speak to you. And if he does, if he does, write it down. Oh, so you can refer to it later when you need it. Oh, when you need it again or better yet, get online and listen to it again and again and again and let it get down into your spirit and down into your heart. 
And maybe, say maybe, maybe God will use one of his dependable, say dependable, dedicated, trustworthy. Maybe God will use one of his dependable, dedicated, trustworthy saints to speak a word of encouragement over you. But I caution you here. Never use personal prophecy alone to guide you. A personal prophecy is meant for confirmation only. Personal prophecy should simply confirm to you what God has already spoken to you through his word or through prayer. Too many saints are so cotton-picking lazy. They just want somebody to give them a word. Or somebody to lay hands on them and they fall down and get back up and they're all fixed. When they need to be in the word. And they need to be in prayer. And they need to be in the house of the Lord. And they need to be seeking God. Write this down this morning. A word. Say a word. A word will never equal the word. And the word always trumps a word. How do you you survive the storm? Well, number one, you need to get a word from the Lord. Number two, you need to believe that word. Verse 25, take heart, men, for I believe God. That it's going to be just as it was told to me. See, it's one thing to get a word from God. It's another thing to actually believe it. And I asked you this morning, why is it so much easier to believe for somebody else than it is to believe for ourselves? Is that the way it is with you? It's what it is with me, man. I have absolutely no problem believing for your healing. My wife gets sick. Can't cook, can't clean, can't run errands for me. I lay my hands on her and I say, woman, be healed in the name of Jesus. Now rise and walk and go fix me some dinner. I got all the faith in the world when it's somebody else. Oh, when somebody else is going through the storm, when somebody else is going through difficulty, it's easy for me to believe for them. It's easy for me to speak words of faith over them. It's easy for me to, to, to pray the prayer of faith for them, but oh, you let it knock on my door. I've been sick for five days. I'm going to tell you how bad I want to whine right now. I really do. I guess I am because I just brought it up. <laughs> if we survive the storm we are in, that we're in, we'll have to get a word from the Lord. But not only will we have to get a word from the Lord, we'll have to believe the word of the Lord. And then we'll have to, number three, we'll have to obey that word. Verse 31 and 32, Paul said to the centurion and the soldiers, Unless these men stay in the ship, you cannot be saved. So the soldiers cut away the ropes of the skiff and let it fall off. See, here's what I've discovered. That is, when you get a word from the Lord, it usually comes with some directions. Do this. Do that. 
don't do this, don't do that. Jesus, we don't have any wine at the marriage. Oh, oh, the, the bride and the groom are going to be embarrassed. We've run out of wine. Oh, what are we going to do? Jesus said, fill the water pots with water. Get a word from the Lord, it usually comes with an instruction. Oh, Elijah, man of God, all I've got is a little bit of meal in a barrel, a little bit of oil in a cruise, and oh, I've got two sticks here. We're going to make a little fire, and me and my son are going to eat one last meal, and then we're going to die. Oh, oh, what do I do? Make me a cake first. The word of the Lord usually comes with directions. Amen. Jesus, Jesus, oh, oh, here's 5,000 families. Oh, oh, they are, they, they, they are, uh, oh, they're all hungry and they're about to, oh, they, they, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Jesus said, you feed them. Jesus said, go to the crowd and find out what you have. Jesus said, divide up the group in groups of 50s. And one hundreds. The word of the Lord usually comes with direction. Oh, Jesus, we've, we've toiled all night long and we don't even have one little perch on a stringer to show for our fishing. What do we do? Cast your net on the other side of the boat. What do I do? I have, I have leprosy. What do I do? What do I do? Oh, go to the Matty Jordan and dip there seven times. What do we do? What do we do? How are we going to get into the city? Oh, oh, there it is like a walled, fortified city. What are we going to do? March around the wall once a day for six days. And on the seventh day, march around seven times. And on the seventh time, blow the trumpets. The word of the Lord usually comes direction and instruction. Jesus, I'm lame. I'm paralyzed. I can't walk. What do I do? Take up your bed and go to your house. Oh, there's a mountain in my way. Oh, what? Speak to the mountain and tell it to remove itself and be cast into the sea. When we get a word from the Lord, it usually comes with directions. If we survive the storm, we will have to obey the instructions that come with the word we receive. The last thing we will have to do if we survive the storm is we will have to hold on tight to the word. In verse 33 through 44, Paul reminded them of the word that he had received from the angel of the Lord. Oh, the word that said that not even a hair would fall from anybody's head in their storm. And that every single one of them would escape. And not, that not even one would be lost, but that all would be spared. And this word of encouragement helped everyone take a firmer grip on the rope of hope. Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 1 says, We must give more earnest heed to the things we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip.
I get the worship team back in place this morning. I'm not done preaching, so please focus on me and not on them. Or wave at them or something, because you always look at them. So wave at them, tell them bye. If we're to survive the storms of life, and especially those of hurricane proportion. We, we must get a word from the Lord. And once we get the word from the Lord, we must believe that word. And we must obey the directions that come with that word. And then we must hold on Hold on tight. Oh, we must get a fresh grip on the rope of hope and hold on tight and not let go. And the word for someone here today is you can survive the storm. Yes, you're in the storm. It might be the greatest storm of your life. It doesn't seem to be letting up. It seems to be intensifying. It seems like it's rougher today than it was yesterday. It looks rougher out there than even where you are now. Unless you get a firm grip on the rope of hope. Unless you get a firm grip on the word of the Lord to you. word for you today, you can survive the storm. Would you stand with me? Everyone standing in the presence of the Lord today. Father, I thank you again today for your incredible word. Father, I, you know that I quit preaching sermons years ago. Oh, it's sermon form, but it's not a sermon. I seek your face every week until I hear from you. And it's absolutely amazing to me, absolutely amazing to me how you speak. And so today I know that I haven't just put together some well-thought-out, well-prepared sermon, although that is that as well. But I know in my heart of hearts, it's a message, not a sermon. And it's a word in due season for several in this room today. Some that I could obvious point to and think, oh, this is for you, this is for you. This. <laughs> What's funny is sometimes I think, oh, okay, I pretty know, and then they don't even show up. <laughs> Father, take this word today. Lord, let it resonate in the heart of those that need to receive it today. Speak to us today through your word.